So how do we stir ourselves and others? This is how the church does it. By talking aloud among ourselves about. What do we talk about? Where are you going to dinner? Uh-huh. What are you doing on your house? Oh, granite? Wow. We don't do granite. We're doing, you know, quartz. Oh, yeah. Where are you going on vacation? Those are not, the, those are great for witnessing to someone, just to relate to them. Those are not church topics. We don't live to eat. We eat to live for Christ. So we, we don't live for the house, the job, the vacation home. There's nothing wrong with vacation homes. Barnabas had a vacation home, the son of encouragement, and he sold it for the Lord. There's nothing wrong with having a vacation home. There's nothing wrong with having a big home. Uh, you know, John Mark's mother had a palatial home that 120 people could fit in. That's a good-sized house but she used it for the Lord. So, so see, everything comes under the, the, the Lordship of Christ, and all of a sudden our conversations that we talk aloud about, and, and see, that's why Calvary Communities is, is every form of, of small group in the church. When any small group in the church goes on, we limit the chit-chat and we maximize the edification, the talking aloud among ourselves about what we're eating. What are you reading and feeding your soul upon from God's Word? In every life group, in every ministry group, in any gathering, it should be common that we're moving around and saying, hey, where you, you were doing cover to cover last year. What are you doing this year? Oh, you're doing it again. That's really good. Where are you? Oh, that's what you told me last week. Oh, you haven't read this week. Well, I'll pray for you. You need to be reading every day, you know, and you can talk about your struggles with it. But, but we, we, every time we gather as a body, your diet of the Word of God is fair game for everyone. And we're supposed to be going around as busily as a bee between the flowers, going and, and, and cultivating one another's spiritual life stirring up sharing the struggle understanding the difficulties but keep pointing them back to the basics of eating we're supposed to talk about that of chewing what do you memorize and meditating upon from god's word i mean if you ever see jeff whitaker ask him to show you his phone and he'll pull it out and he'll have a handwritten on the back of his phone latest navigator verse that he's working on and he he started showing that to us at the staff meeting. And what, what he did is he stirred all of us up to review the scores or hundreds of verses we've already learned and keep them before our minds and eyes. And, uh, of course, I don't have good handwriting like Jeff, so I just type them. But you get more on the back of your phone that way. But what are you chewing on? And, and if there's someone that you know and someone that you love and someone that you care about, you ask them... What are you memorizing and meditating on from God's Word? You'll know whether they're stagnating, whether they're treading water, whether they're sinking. Because the, the Scriptures say, This book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, for then you'll make your way prosperous. Some people think that prosperity comes from acute business acumen. Mm -mm. 
It comes from God. God makes us prosperous. There's some people that are rich, they're not prosperous. The more you have, the more you want. The more you have, the more people get, want to take from you. The more you have, the more you can lose. See, true wealth is what can never be taken away. That's true prosperity. And, and it has to do with our family, it has to do with our character, it has to do with our investments for eternity that no one can take away from us. It has to do with our knowledge of God, and this is how we grow in knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open faces, beholding as in a glass, the Bible is like a mirror, James says, and Paul says it's like a looking glass, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. You want to look more like Christ? You see him, not fast. The, the fast is the getting the food in. You see him in the chewing and the digestion. The actual, you know, our food um, that we eat gets down to a cellular level very rapidly, and it becomes a part of us very rapidly. Same thing with the Bible. As we digest it, we memorize the key verses that we use as the sword of the Spirit, and we meditate, which transforms us. And so we ask people, what are you eating? What are you chewing on in the Word of God? How, how are you doing? You know, a lot of people are asthmatics spiritually. They're not doing very well with their breathing. I mean, uh, they, they are struggling with the breathing. They don't know what to, to, they need a few puffs, you know, of something to get them going by asking, what are you praying about? They, and they'll look at you and they'll say, I don't know. I mean, I, I pray for my food. Prayer catapults us. to. If you really believe in prayer, you are catapulted to the front lines. I have children spread all over. I have a son in Denver at the Rescue Mission. I have a son in San Francisco. God forbid living in San Francisco. Another son in, in Los Angeles. What a place to live, you know. And I've got three kids in, in the highest murder rate two cities in the world are around them. And I have just two at home, you know. And prayer catapults me from right here in Michigan right to where they are. I can actually be in Facebook headquarters. I don't even have a key code. I can, by prayer, be right in my son's office. I can, I can be in Building 9 at the Denver Rescue Mission instantly. And God responds to prayer and stirs hearts. And the more you understand prayer, the more you understand why the greatest saints prayed without ceasing. It was just as natural as breathing. And then finally, the going. And this is the really hard one. Because as we know the statistics, most believers don't do this. But all of us are called to go into all the world and to share the gospel. And so who are you seeking to share the gospel with? If it's not even on your heart, if you're not even praying about it, if you're not asking God for boldness, if you're not asking him to open doors, if you're not asking him to, to show you those divine appointments, you won't have them. It's so interesting. Uh, uh, one of my daughters told me, you know, she's a professional missionary, but yet she was down in their jungle. They went into the city. And she went into the city, and one of those people, you know, the ones that don't have a store, they're in the, the hallway of the mall, the people that are always selling something else in the, in the center court or whatever it is, one of them just said, can I ask you a question? She's in English, and she said, yes. And before you knew it, her hand was out, and they were putting something on it. You know, they were trying to sell her something. 
And so she stood there and thought, I have my track with me. And because reciprocity, right? They've got my hand, and now I have a captive audience. So they were squirting Dead Sea something on her, trying to sell it, this Israeli salesman in the mall. And she said, where are you from? Israel. Ah, I love Israel. Go there all the time. Why? Oh, because I love the scriptures. Why? I don't even read. A Jew that doesn't even read the Bible. Normal. And she went right into from being taken by the mall salesman into sharing the gospel with a Jew from a kibbutz in Galilee who said, I've never met anybody that's been to Israel, been to Galilee, loves the land, knows the Bible, and I would love to read your tract because I've never read the scriptures. So that's one of those secular Jews. You know, they're ethnic but not religious at all. All because a professional missionary also is doing the work of evangelism, getting a track, praying, seeking by prayer who to share the gospel with. Did you know when we stand in front of Jesus Christ, he's not going to ask us our handicap in golf? He's not. There's nothing wrong with golfing if you're sharing the gospel with all the people that you golf with. There's nothing wrong with bowling if you're sharing the gospel with all the people you're bowling with. There's nothing wrong with anything. You can go work out and run and jog and kayak and restore cars and collect all kinds of junk that's going to burn up as long as it's tied to why we're here. This is what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be about. Did we go and do what he left us to do.